Chapter 1, verses 1 through 7 of Catina Aurea, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 1, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Commentary on the Gospel according to St. Luke, Chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. For inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Eusebius, St. Luke at the commencement of his gospel, has told us the reason of his writing, which was, that many others had rashly taken upon themselves to give accounts of those things of which he had a more certain knowledge. And this is his meaning when he says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of things. Ambrose, For as many among the Jewish people prophesied by inspiration of the Spirit of God, but others were false prophets rather than prophets, so now also have many attempted to write gospels, which the good money-changer refuses to pass. One gospel is mentioned, which the twelve apostles are said to have written, another Basiliads, presumed to write, and another is said to have been written by Matthias. Bede. The many who are mentioned he reckons not so much by their number as by the variety of their manifold heresies men who were not endued with the gift of the Holy Spirit, but engaging in a vain work, have rather set forth in order a relation of events than woven a true history. Ambrose, now they who have attempted to set forth these things in order have labored by themselves and have not succeeded in what they attempted. For without the assistance of man come the gifts and the grace of God, which, when it is infused, is wont so to flow that the genius of the writer is not exhausted, but ever abounding. He well says, therefore, of things which have been fully accomplished among us, or which abound among others, for that which abounds is lacking to none, and no one doubts about that which is fulfilled, since the accomplishment builds up our faith, and the end manifests it. Titus Berontius he says, of things, because, not by shadows, as the heretics say, did Jesus accomplish his advent in the flesh, but being as he was the truth, so in very truth he performed his work. Origin. The effect upon his own mind, St. Luke explains by the expression of the things which have been fully accomplished among us, i.e. have had their full manifestation among us, as the Greek word peplirov signifies, which Latin cannot express in one word, for he had been convinced of them by sure faith and reason, and wavered not in anything. Chrysostom, the evangelist was so far from being content with his single testimony that he refers the whole to the apostles, seeking from them a confirmation of his own words. And therefore he adds, as they handed them down to us, who were themselves from the beginning eyewitnesses. Eusebius. Luke is a sure witness because he obtained his knowledge of the truth either from St. Paul's instructions or the instructions and traditions of the other apostles, 
who were themselves eyewitnesses from the beginning. Chrysostom, he says, were eyewitnesses, because this is our chief ground for believing in a thing, that we derive it from those who were actually eyewitnesses. Origin, it is plain that of one kind of knowledge, the end is in the knowledge itself, as in geometry, but of another kind, the end is counted to be in the work, as in medicine, and so it is in the word of God, and therefore, having signified the knowledge by the words, were themselves eyewitnesses, he points out the work by what follows, and were ministers of the word. Ambrose, this expression is used, not that we should suppose the ministry of the word to consist rather in seeing than hearing, but that because by the word was meant not a word that can be spoken by the mouth, but one of real existence. We may understand that to have been not a common but a heavenly word to which the apostles ministered. Cyril, in what he says of the apostles having been eyewitnesses of the word, he agrees with John, who says, The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, for the word by means of the flesh was made visible. Ambrose, now not only did they see the Lord in the body, but also in the word, for they saw the word, who with Moses and Elias saw the glory of the word. Others did not see it, who could only see the body. Origin, it is written in Exodus, the people saw the voice of the Lord. Now the voice is rather heard than seen, but it was so written to show us that men see the voice of the Lord with other eyes, which they only have who are worthy of them. Again in the gospel, it is not the voice that is perceived, but the word, which is more excellent than the voice. Theophylact. By these words it is plainly implied that Luke was not a disciple from the beginning, but became one in course of time. Others were disciples from the beginning, as Peter and the sons of Zebedee. Bede. Nevertheless, both Matthew and John were obligated in many things that they wrote to consult those who had had by means of knowing the infancy, childhood, and genealogy of our Lord, and of seeing the things which he did. Origen. St. Luke hereby explains to us the source of his writings, seeing that what things he wrote he gained not from report, but had himself traced them up from the beginning. Hence it follows, it seemed good to me also, having carefully investigated everything from the very first, to write to thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. Ambrose. When he says, it seemed good to me, it does not deny that it seemed good to God, for it is God who predisposes the wills of men. Now no one has doubted that this book of the gospel is more full of details than the others. By these words, then, he claims to himself not anything that is false, but the truth. And therefore he says, it seemed good to me, having investigated everything, to write. Not to write everything, but from a review of everything. For if all the things which Jesus did were written, I do not think the world itself could contain them. But purposely has Luke passed by things that were written by others, in order that each book of the gospel might be distinguished by certain mysteries and miracles peculiar to itself. Theophylact. He writes to Theophilus, a man probably of some distinction and a governor. 
for the form most excellent was not used except to rulers and governors. As, for example, Paul says to Festus, most excellent Festus, Bede. Theophilus means loving God or being loved by God. Whoever then loves God or desires to be loved by him, let him think this gospel to have been written to him and preserve it as a gift presented to him, a pledge entrusted to his care. The promise was not to explain the meaning of certain and new strange things to Theophilus, but to set forth the truth of those words in which he had been instructed. As it is added, that thou mightest know the truth of those words in which thou hast been instructed, that is, that thou mightest be able to know in what order each thing was said or done by the Lord. Chrysostom. Or it may be that thou mightest feel certain and satisfied as to the truth of those things which thou hast heard, now that thou beholdest the same in writing. Theophylact. For frequently when a thing is asserted by anyone, and not expressed in writing, we suspect it of falsehood. But when the man has written what he asserts, we are more inclined to believe it, as if, unless he thought it to be true, he would not commit it to writing. Greek Expositor The whole preface of this evangelist contains two things. First, the condition of those who wrote Gospels before them, Matthew and Mark, for example. Secondly, the reason why he also himself proposed to write one. Having said attempted, a word which may be applied both to those who presumptuously engage upon a subject, and those who reverently handle it. He determines the doubtful expression by two additions. First, by the words, of things which have been fully accomplished among us. And secondly, as they handed them down to us, who were eyewitnesses from the beginning. The word handed down seems to show that the eyewitnesses themselves had a commission to transmit the truth. For as they handed it down, so it became others also receiving it in due order, in their turn to publish it. But from the not depositing in writing what had been delivered, several difficulties through lapse of time sprang up. Rightly then did those who had received the tradition from the first eyewitnesses of the word establish it in writing for the whole world, thereby repelling falsehood, destroying forgetfulness, and making up from tradition itself a perfect whole. Verses 5-7 through seven. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. Chrysostom. St. Luke commences the history of the gospel with Zacharias and the birth of John, relating one marvelous event before the other, the less before the greater. For since a virgin was about to become a mother, it had been foreordained by grace that the old should previously conceive. He fixes the time when he says, in the days of Herod, and in the following words adds his rank, king of Judea. There was another Herod who killed John. He was tetrarch, whereas this one was king. Bede. Now the time of Herod, i.e., of a foreign king, bears witness to our Lord's coming, for it had been foretold, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. For from the time that our fathers came out of Egypt, they were governed by judges of their own nation, 
until the prophet Samuel, and then by kings until the carrying away to Babylon. But after the return from Babylon, the chief power was in the hands of priests, until the time of Hyrcanus, who was both king and high priest. He was slain by Herod, after which the government of the kingdom was delivered over to the command of Caesar Augustus, to this same Herod, a foreigner, in whose thirty-first year, according to the prophecy we have mentioned, Shiloh came. Ambrose, divine scripture teaches us with respect to those whom we commemorate, that not only the characters of the men themselves, but of their parents also, ought to be praised, that they might be distinguished by an inheritance, as it were, handed down to them, of unspotted purity, not not only from his parents, but also from his ancestors, St. John derives his illustrious descent, a descent not exalted by secular power, but venerable from its sanctity. Complete, then, is that praise which comprehends birth, character, office, actions, and judgments. The office was that of the priesthood. As it is said, a certain priest of the name Zacharias. Bede. For John was allotted a priestly tribe, that he might, with the more authority, herald forth the change of priesthood. Ambrose. His birth is implied in the mention made of his ancestors, of the course of Abiah, i.e. of high rank among the noblest families. Bede. There were princes of the sanctuary, or high priests, both of the sons of Eleazar and the sons of Thamar, whose course, according to their respective services, when they entered into the house of God, David divided into twenty-four lots, of which the family of Abiah, from which Zacharias was descended, obtained the eighth lot. But it was not without meaning that the first preacher of the new covenant was born with the rites of the eighth lot, because as the old covenant is often expressed by the seventh number on account of the Sabbath, so frequently is the new covenant by the eighth, because of the sacrament of our Lord's or our resurrection, Theophylact, wishing to show also that John was legally of priestly descent. Luke adds, And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, for it was not permitted to the Jews to take a wife from any other tribe but their own. Elizabeth, by interpretation, signifies rest. Zacharias, the remembrance of the land. Bede. John was born of just parents, that so he might the more boldly give precepts of justice to the people, which he had not learnt as novelties, but had received by right of inheritance from his ancestors. Hence it follows, and they were both just before God. Ambrose. Here their whole character is comprehended in their justice. But it is well said before God, for a man, by effecting a popular goodwill, might seem just to me, but not be just before God. If that justice, instead of springing from simpleness of heart, was a mere pretense carried on by flattery. Perfect, then, is the praise, that a man is just before God, for he only is perfect who is approved by him who cannot be deceived. St. Luke comprehends the action in the commandment the doing justice in the justification. Hence it follows, walking in all the commandments and justifications of the Lord. For when we obey the command of heaven, we walk in the commandments of the Lord. When we observe justice, we seem to possess the justification of the Lord. But to be blameless, we must provide things honest, not only before God, but also before men. There is no blame when both motive and action are alike good. 
but a too austere righteousness often provokes censure. A righteous act may also be done unrighteously, as when a man out of ostentation gives largely to the poor, which is not without just cause of blame. It follows, and they had no son, because Elizabeth was barren. Chrysostom. Not only Elizabeth, but the wives of the patriarchs also, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, were barren, which was counted a disgrace among the ancients. Not that their barrenness was the effect of sin, since all were just and virtuous, but ordained rather for your benefit, that when you saw a virgin giving birth to the Lord, you might not be faithless, or perplexing your mind with respect to the womb of the barren. Theophylact. And that you might learn that the law of God seeketh not a bodily increase of sons, but spiritual. Both were far advanced, not only in the body, but in the spirit, making a sense in their heart, having their life as the day, not as the night, and walking honestly as in the day. End of chapter 1, verses 1 through 7.